Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies. And I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Liz, and I have a great topic for you today. It is the law of attraction. And I think a lot of you guys have heard of this before. It's essentially the idea that you can attract good things to you using the power of your own thoughts, as well as attract negative things. I thought it was pretty apropos to dig into this because today is officially the end of Mercury retrograde, which is great. I never really love Mercury retrograde season. I find it really challenging, especially because I'm writing a book right now and Mercury retrograde is all about delays in communication, roadblocks, not being able to move ahead quite as you would like. So whether you believe in astrology or not, Now is just a great time to symbolically move forward with some long-held plans that you've had in the works. And the law of attraction is something that can help you do that. On a personal note, I have very much been embracing this idea of a fresh start and new beginnings. I cut off about six inches of my hair yesterday and no one's really noticed. (laughs) I've had a bunch of meetings and seen friends and people are like, oh, something looks different, but I really feel it. I feel a big difference. It's a symbolic thing. I also have been cutting out gluten and dairy from my diet and I feel really, really good. It's summertime. The sun is shining in New York City. And the biggest thing of all, the biggest symbolic new beginning is I get to move into my new house in two weeks. And this is this compound in the country that has been this saga that you've heard about over the past nine months on the podcast of, oh, we put an offer in, really wanted this house in the fall. It fell through. We came back to it six months later and finally were able to procure it despite a pretty lengthy negotiation process and complications with the contract and whatnot. But the important thing is we're here. That's actually the only thing that matters. In two weeks, I will be driving to Connecticut and then a giant 16 foot container filled with furniture is going to be arriving there the next day. And I'm going to get all settled in and the dog will have 22 acres to roam around and I'll have an orchard. I'm going to get some bees. I'll have a pool and a pond and I'll start gardening. And it's all going to be very bucolic, peaceful, restful, essentially my biggest dream come true. And I very much used the law of attraction in that process to be able to get the deal done. And I'll go into that in a little bit more detail. Um, But first, I just want to tell maybe a story to illustrate what the law of attraction actually means. I'll give actually two examples of how you can use it positively and then also how it works negatively. The first is for the positive, and this is the story of a friend that I made about six years ago when I was traveling in Bali, and he is someone who, business owner and entrepreneur, he owns a couple of cafes as well as a chef training academy, and he's made you know a really good livelihood for himself in a way that's deeply meaningful. He also has a yoga studio, things that he feels deeply passionate about 
surfing, yoga, healthy eating, veganism. He's turned those into really thriving businesses that train and employ lots of people. And given his background, it hasn't been straightforward for him. You know, it's not something that you'd expect him to do. He didn't have entrepreneurs who he knew. He didn't have entrepreneurs in his family. In fact, his mom actually gave birth to him when she was 13 years old. So she was just a kid. And he mostly went to go live with his grandmother, her mom. Then his mom really sadly passed away from a heroin overdose when he was just nine years old. And so from there, he continued to live with his grandparents and his grandfather was kind of abusive towards him. It wasn't great. He continued to experience more ups and downs in his life. He was meant to get a track scholarship. Then he injured his leg and he couldn't run again. He lived in his car for a while. And so here's this guy who's had all these challenges and all these obstacles, but then he becomes a thriving entrepreneur and he's so happy, really happy, really living out his lifelong dreams. And at the time I was someone who was an aspiring entrepreneur. I really wanted to turn my passions into work and I really didn't know how. And I said, how did you do this? And he said, I'll never forget this. He said, everything changed in my life when I learned that my thoughts are reality. He said, I learned that there's no separation from what I believe and then what comes to pass in real life. He said, I learned I can speak my reality into existence. This was really novel for me. I had never heard anyone say this before ever. And I think that goes to show like how limited my own personal spiritual frame of reference was, but it was just mind blowing. I was like, whoa, is this true? And it felt true. Even though I had never really experienced myself when he said it, there's just this inner knowing that was like, yeah, this is right. I can do this as well. And on the other side of the spectrum, I've been thinking a lot about a friend of mine who's really stuck in the reverse cycle of constantly thinking that bad things are happening to him. And he also loves to share about them all the time. Like he loves complaining about all the crazy things that are happening to him. Oh, this happened at the airport. My flight was canceled. This person canceled on me. This thing didn't go well at work. And of course, these are all, you know, normal occurrences that happen to all of us where the unexpected, unfortunate pops up into our lives and it's uncomfortable. We don't like it. It feels like it actually happens to him a lot. And he really, really relishes telling people about it. It's the first thing that he'll talk about at a dinner party. It's like, let me just tell you this crazy thing that happened to me. And it's a relatively new thing for him, but it's really caught him in this downward spiral where he is actually attracting all this chaos into his life because he's thinking about it and talking about it all the time. It sort of reminded me of how I was when I was in my teens and my early 20s, where my best friend used to joke around that I had the reverse Midas touch. I just seemed to be a magnet for chaos. I would lock myself out of my apartment at school and all my roommates just happened to be out of town. I would get stranded at the airport. My car would run out of gas. I'd get hit by someone in the parking lot. 
it was really true. I was always losing things, losing my passport. I lost my passport twice in one year, which is really bad. So there's so many things in my life then where I was constantly, constantly in a spiral of unfortunate circumstances. And I truly believe that that all ended when I stopped thinking of myself as an unlucky person. And I stopped thinking about myself as someone who lived amidst chaos. So this is actually what we're talking about today, that the quality of your thoughts has the ability to impact what happens to you in your everyday life. And this is not to say that we aren't allowed to speak negatively about things or to feel feelings that aren't positive. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there's a way to look at your life differently so that you can start to attract the things that you want into it. Take a look around your room right now, the room that you're in, and notice everything that is the color blue. And see if you can spot everything that is blue in the room. Really take your time. Note all the blue things. Okay, great. Now I want you to close your eyes and think about what in the room is yellow. It's really hard to do, right? Because you're so fixated on what is blue that you didn't look around for what was yellow. This is an analogy for the way the law of attraction works. Essentially, if you are constantly on the lookout for chaos and conflict, hardship, then you're going to find it. You'll be able to spot it in your life. And if you're always on the lookout for blessings, lucky breaks, and fortuitous events, then you're going to find those as well. You're going to see them in everything that you do. And we feel this in small instances every day where when you're feeling really confident, really attractive, then that becomes reinforced because other people respond really well to you. But if you're feeling really self-conscious and you're feeling like no one likes you, then you're going to go into any social situation naturally withdrawn with your guard up and you're just going to reinforce that prophecy about yourself. Now extrapolate that against your career. If you think of yourself as a person who is successful, then you'll spot indicators of that wherever you go. And then on the converse side of that, if you think of yourself as someone who never gets what they want, who always has the short end of the stick, life has not treated fairly, then that will happen as well. There's a woman I know who had a clothing store and she was so jealous of these other retailers on the street and she said, you know, it's not fair. This one particular retailer, the person who owns that store, their partner is, you know, an interior designer, furniture maker, so they can have this really beautiful store and make all this money. And I don't have that. But the thing was, she did. Her newfound partner actually was a carpenter and was so excited and so willing to work with her on improving her physical space. And the partner even said, I don't know why she won't let me help her. And it was because she had this mindset. She believed that she was meant to be alone, that she was always having a hard time and that she was always unlucky in business. So she literally missed out on this support system that was actually sitting right in front of her all the time. 
her partner. I also really love this story that Drake, the musician, tells. Obviously, he is one of the most famous, successful musicians of our time. And he talks about how before he was successful, before he had made it, he would spend $5,000 a month renting a Rolls Royce that he would drive around. And he did this so that he could see himself as a successful person and other people around him would see him as a successful person too. And even though he had a hard time actually being able to make the monthly payments, you know, he was barely scraping by, he quote unquote says that this was an extreme way that he manifested. It was the way that he activated the law of attraction to bring more success into his life. So while I don't recommend making financial decisions that you can't afford, that is actually really unnecessary. You don't need to rent a Rolls Royce for $5,000 a month if you can't afford it. You can just simply start to change the quality and the intentions of your thoughts to change how you think about yourself and thus change what you attract into your life. How do you think about yourself? Do you think of yourself as a fortunate person? Do you think of yourself as someone who gets the short end of the stick? Do you think of yourself as successful and smart and someone who gets what they want? How do you think about the way that your life has unfolded? This was such a huge shift for me. I always, always thought I was so unlucky in life. I don't have a dad. My mom was never around. In college, then there would always be parents weekends. I was the only person who I knew who didn't have any parents visiting them. I never had a place to go home to for Thanksgiving for many years. I saw my friends just getting checks from their parents to pay for their rent and their clothes and their books while I had to scrape by and then like live in the worst room in the house in the basement because it was all I could afford and there was mold in there. So it was things like that that made me feel so bitter and so resentful about the life that I had been given. And everything changed for me when I started intentionally thinking of myself as a lucky person. And I started to see all these moments in my life where I actually was so, so blessed. There are some big ones like my guidance counselor in high school really believing in me and really pushing me to apply for good colleges and saying, Liz, you can be anything that you want to be in the world. If I hadn't met her, I do not know where I would be today in this life. And yet there she magically was. And she happened to want to help me. She even gave me babysitting jobs to babysit her kids on the weekends and pay me more than I actually should have been paid. Another example of how extremely lucky I am is when I was in college, I think it was my second or third year, I had a really, really hard time and I actually got kicked out because of academic suspension and other reasons. And my university gave me another chance. And not only did they give me another chance, they also mandated that I start therapy. So there's this amazing therapist who I started seeing who was totally free. I never would have been able to afford it otherwise. And she changed my life. Dr. Warren at a man, you changed my life. She was my first of many, many therapists to come. 
but she single-handedly changed my life. And it was all because I was given a second chance. And the thing is, when I look back on my life, I can clearly see how I've been given lots of second, third, fourth chances. I've had lots of people take a gamble on me. There have been so many situations that shouldn't have worked out, but somehow they just did. And I truly believe it is all because I have changed how I think about myself. I've changed the narrative of what I say. I always say I'm the luckiest person I know. And now it's become true. Even with this house process, which there's one way to read the situation, which is that it was a really arduous process of negotiating with a homeowner who was selling the home who actually didn't really want to sell it. She was objectively difficult. My lawyer actually said that in his 35 years of practice, he's never worked with a seller who has been so difficult. That's just to sort of set the tone for the experience of purchasing this house. And as you guys know, you know, I initially put an offer in in September and then found out there were all these crazy things that needed to get fixed in the house. And I was just so overwhelmed. So we pulled our offer. And then in January, so four months later, the mortgage broker who we had been working with texted us and said, Hey, I still have this great mortgage special, which is basically a 10% down payment. So inspired by his text message, I said, you know what? Let's actually go back and look at that house again. Let's see if we can actually make it work this time. We've both made some more money that we can put towards renovations and maybe she'll be willing to lower the price on it as well. So then this started a process of a negotiation that is usually meant to take about a week or two. And in our case, because of the reticence of the home seller, you know, it was her dream home with her husband. They were both in their 80s. He recently passed away, actually just a year ago. And so for her, symbolically, letting go of the house was like letting go of him and saying goodbye to him all over again, which is so heartbreaking. Imagine being with someone for over 60 years. 60 years. That's so long. So of course it was natural that she didn't actually really want to part with the house, even though logically her non-emotional brain knew that she should. So it just made the negotiation process really hard. But all throughout the way, I just kept saying, we are so lucky. Everything works out for us. Everything always breaks in our favor. And then it wound up being true. And I won't bore you with the details of mortgage rates and contingencies and things like that. But it just all worked out so perfectly. It is a lot more work to get approved for a mortgage as someone who's self-employed versus someone who, you know, works for a company and has a stable paycheck. And both my husband and I have self-employed income, but we wound up using the law of attraction to get our dream house at a great price at the perfect mortgage rate. Okay, so how do you work with this? How does this actually get activated in your day-to-day life? And the first thing I'll say is I want you to look for a place in your life where it feels really sticky and really hard. And there's this feeling of scarcity or not enough. And so the narrative that you have, the story that you're telling yourself might be something like, I never have enough time. Or maybe it's, I don't have any love in my life. I'm always alone. Maybe the story is, I don't have any support. That was a big one for me. It was this dialogue that I'm always doing everything by myself. 
So take a minute, think about where that scarcity really feels so potent for you. Is it time? Is it love? Is it support? Is it money or maybe even freedom? Choose the one that feels the biggest. And then I want you to start reframing the opposite of that. So if it's money and you think I never have enough money to do what I want, or I don't make enough money, start to actually think of yourself as a person who is very abundant and has a lot of resources and wealth, whether that is actually in U.S. currency, cold, hard cash, but other resources you have. And this was a real thing that was so important to my process of starting Reset where that year after the pandemic, it was so hard trying to grow my business. And for those of you who have been longtime podcast listeners, you know that at one point in time, I had $150,000 in debt and 40K of that was in high interest credit cards that had to be paid off within months. And I was so scared. I had these huge debts that I had to pay off and I had no real line of sight for how I was going to do that. And so a big part of my process, in addition to hustling, getting my name out there, meeting with potential clients, trying lots of different types of revenue streams, getting the podcast off the ground, getting the Instagram off the ground, none of those efforts could have worked if I didn't also change my mindset so that the law of attraction could work for me. So I started telling myself, I have so much wealth. I have so much abundance. So even when I would buy myself like a $4 sandwich, I would think, wow, I am so lucky to be able to afford this right now. Every time I paid my rent, instead of thinking about how stressful it was that the number in the bank account was decreasing, I would think to myself, wow, I can pay my rent this month. And every time I would get a check from a client, I would look at that check and I would think, ah, amazing. And I'm doing the same now with all the expenses that are going out for the house purchase. I'm just thinking, wow, I have so much. I can really afford this. How amazing is that? And so it's really this huge shift where the situation is the same, but my mindset totally changed. And then it allowed me to create all this wealth in my life. I attracted so many clients in such a short period of time. And within a year, I had paid everything off. And the way to codify this is to actually write it down. So the practice that I want to suggest for you over the next couple of weeks until the next podcast episode comes out is to really do this, to try switching your mindset so that you are attracting all the great things that you want in your life and you're repelling all the things that you don't want. So if it's money, then every day you go to your journal at the end of the day and you write down the ways that you felt really abundant that day. You write down your gratitude for how much abundance you have. And it can be as simple as I got to take myself to the movies tonight or looking at your closet and thinking, wow, I have all these clothes to wear. I'm so rich and so wealthy. If you're working with time scarcity, then it's making a list of all the times when you felt like you had all the time in the world or your timing was just right. So maybe on your list for that day, it's something like, I caught the subway just in time. I was early for work. I had 15 minutes to eat my lunch today and respond to email. And so you just start to flip things on its head where you, you know, the negative way of seeing that is like, oh, I had to waste 20 minutes on my commute today. Otherwise you can say, oh, I had all this time during my commute 
to read articles on my phone. Whereas you could say, oh, I only had 15 minutes to eat lunch. You can say, wow, I actually had time to sit down and intentionally eat lunch today. And in the beginning, it will probably feel really clunky and very awkward. Like, why am I just digging around for these scraps to be grateful for? But soon you start to attract more and more abundance and you also start to really feel it in your bones. You start to really feel that it's true, that you have so much to be grateful for. And then that just continues to attract even more into your life. And then finally, what I want to underscore here is how important it is to surround yourself with other people who have the same sort of open, abundant, positive mindset that you have or at least if you don't have it right now, you're going to have very shortly because you're also living in their field of whatever they're attracting as well. So if you're around negative people who are always complaining about their job and always want you to empathize with them and get worked up and be like, oh yeah, that's horrible. It's so crazy. Then you need to put boundaries on those relationships and limit the content of what happens in those interactions. I had a friend who was constantly saying things like, oh, I'm fat. I'm so ugly. Oh gosh, I need to lose 10 pounds. But she was actually just objectively totally beautiful and gorgeous and fine. I mean, everyone said this about her and it was really hard to be around her. And I think a lot of our relationship, we had been friends for, you know, like 15 years was sort of based on that type of empathy and engagement where I had disordered eating and body dysmorphia for a lot of my teenage years and my 20s. And that was something that we would do together. You know, we would talk about how if we were hungry, we'd just go to sleep and sleep it off instead of giving our bodies what we needed. We constantly be like, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, even though we were both like size zeros. And as I started to do this work to use a law of attraction to magnetize my own self-love for myself, then I just couldn't be around her energy anymore. And one day I actually said, hey, do you mind if when we talk, you don't say things like that you're so fat and that you're so ugly because it's very triggering for me. And I'm trying to move past that type of attitude about myself. I'm really working on my own personal self-love and this isn't helpful to that. It was an uncomfortable conversation, but it was something I needed to do for me. And so what I want you to explore is, are there any relationships that the bond is about complaining and the bond is about how hard it is in the world and how you guys really understand each other? And this is not to say that there's no room for complaining and no room for processing feelings. I think all that is so important, but I think you know what I'm talking about. It's the difference between acknowledging that there's something unfortunate happening in your life and then there's letting it consume you. It's feeling that you're powerless or that you're a victim. It's abdicating your own sense of personal responsibility. And for me, what I think about when I say personal responsibility is this idea that you can do something about anything. And of course, there are absolutely circumstances that we cannot change, but there's always some small subset of actions that you can take within that. So when you take personal responsibility for what's happening in your life, this narrative of I'm fat becomes, I'm such a healthy person and I'm taking steps to better my health. 
Okay. So that's all I've got for you today. I will just end this episode with some encouragement. Always remember that you have unlimited potential within you. You're powerful, you're magnetic, and you can will all the things that you want to come into your life. Use your mind to attract abundance, good luck, good fortune, and release all the negative conceptions of yourself that you're holding that are attracting the not so great circumstances to appear. You can speak your reality into existence and you deserve for good things to happen to you. So I want to encourage you to play with this law of attraction over the next week or two, test it out, see how your life changes when you start to think about yourself in a different way. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am deep in the throes of writing my book right now. So I'll be on an every other week schedule. And as we always say at the end of this podcast, remember to love yourself, to listen to yourself and to say yes to life so that life can say yes to you.